Welcome back to Finest Hours, the podcast where we share amazing true stories of human achievement and influence. I'm Bryn Cromar, joined as always by our executive producer, Skylar Williams, and my co-host, Hayden Hansen. Howdy, y'all. Hey, hey, hey. How are you guys doing? So good. It's been a while since our last episode, so for that we do apologize, but we are back at it. And I'm kind of sick of doing intros. So, um, anything, anything you guys wanna wanna say? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, that's a negative. All right, not much well, to share. <laughs> we're there's not a lot going on in our lives. Actually, there is, which is why we weren't able to record for three weeks. But happy Thanksgiving, y'all. As yeah, we are recording this on November 27th, which is the day before Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving. We Purple are Wednesday. Cr- what is Purple Wednesday? Is that Two days thing? before Black Friday. I don't know. <laughs> Why you is it purple? Th- you go through the color spectrum. A name. Yeah. <laughs> is that before. a new holiday that you just made up? Yes, absolutely. Purple Wednesday. I like it. Is it anything like Good Friday? Uh, no, but it's a lot like Cyber Monday. <laughs> Well, is it a retail thing? Because I haven't seen any deals. Oh, no, not yet, but it will be. Well, happy Purple Wednesday, which is a day that we just made up. Um, We're very thankful to our listeners. And we have listeners in eight countries now, which is pretty cool. And we want to hear from you. So if you don't know what Thanksgiving is, well, we're just just grateful to have you here. We'll give thanks. Yeah, we'll give thanks during okay. our episode. We'll give thanks. Well, today's story, it's a very interesting story about a man named Daniel Inouye. Or dun, something dun, dun. like that. Or something like that. Inouye, Inouye, Inouye. Uh, we don't really know. But we got as close as we possibly could. So we looked, appreciate We that. looked up a video and it said Inouye. So we went with Inouye. <laughs> so the any guy was of you drunk. Japanese listeners... If you want to correct us, feel free to drop into our DMs and tell us if we pronounced yeah, it right. We actually, of our eight, of our listeners in eight different countries, they're not in Japan. Oh, darn. <laughs> well, yeah. any of our foreign listeners that speak Japanese. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Or our domestic listeners that speak Japanese. Uh, <laughs> we know all of our domestic listeners. <laughs> it's It's us. <laughs> It's sad, but true. It's actually not true. We are rising up in the podcast ranks. People enjoy listening to our show. Currently because 3,482. We we give you, that's not true. We give you great stories like today's story on Daniel Inouye. Skylar, do you want to give us some background on this fellow? Yes. So Daniel Inouye grew up in Hawaii. I've Um, never been to Hawaii. (laughs) You've never been to Hawaii? No, you're missing great, out. Great place, Fantastic. but I know that both of you have. Yes, good place. Anyway, be pretty fun to grow. I don't know if it'd be actually pretty fun to grow up there. Yeah. It's really humid. Um, lots of storms. It's very small. Very. You small. don't have to fear venomous snakes. Oh yeah, that's yes. a plus. There's no rattlesnakes in Hawaii. <laughs> 
nor are there bears or mountain lions or other wildlife you might encounter in our neck of the woods. <laughs> not, not at all. If but you make anyway, friends with the sharks, you can live forever. <laughs> Just become Aquaman. Um, okay, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Anyway, back to the story. Daniel Inouye grew up in Hawaii. Hopefully I pronounced this right. Nisei? Nisei. Nisei, which means American-born, but parents of Japanese descent. Yeah, his parents were immigrants to the United States, and he was born in the United States. Hawaii, to be exact. Yeah, Hawaii probably wasn't a state yet. Uh, mm. Was Hawaii a state in 1942? I don't think it was. Actually, that's a good fact for our listeners today. So if you guys want to research that, and I'm joking, (laughs) (laughs) we'll figure that out real quick. I think it, it's close. It's right there. It was, yeah, it's nope. August 21st, 1959. It was an American territory until then. Was he American born? No. But uh, it was an American territory. It was at a that territory. Time. Yes. Was it so, still the Sandwich Islands? Yes. That didn't change. <laughs> that didn't change. The actual <laughs> islands didn't change. Ooh. Sandwich. <laughs> Not yeah. the South Sandwich Islands, which you should be familiar with from our episode on Gernest Shackleton. Yes, that's yes, the one. Yes, there you yeah. go. I believe Hayden said in that episode that the South Sandwich Islands were South Sandwich Islands were a little bit further south than the Sandwich Islands. Just like a different ocean, a different side of the American continent. Did you just say different side of the American continent? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. What did you think I said? No, I really thought that you said that and in my head I was like like what? Yeah. I was just sticking to the North American. <laughs> I was just like, what? Well, it's over in the Gulf of Mexico. America is yeah, really yes. one continent split into two. Correct. Anyway, back to the story. I guess it's not really a story, but it Daniel, is a story. Oh, it's a story. <laughs> we're not it's really, all, it's we're not storytelling right now. We'll we get to try, that later. We try, but we end up in a million places. <laughs> yes. But anyway, Daniel, we didn't find much about his childhood. But what we did find is that he studied medicine at the University of Hawaii. The Hawaii Warriors. The Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Which is a actually a great mascot for today's story. But we'll get into that. So he's studying there. And what happens? Well, it's Hawaii. And it's the 1940s. Early 1940s. Early 1940s. 1942. In December. <laughs> 1941, actually. Oh, oh, ouch, ouch, ouch. That hurt my pride a little bit. Three weeks before 1942, the Japanese attack Pearl Harbor. And after the Pearl Harbor attacks, he immediately drops out of college to join the military. But he was initially refused the opportunity to serve in the military because of his race. And it was shortly after in 1943, the United States did begin to allow Japanese into the military. And it's a good thing they did. It is a good thing they did. Because because of the story we will share later. (laughs) Yes. That is called foreshadowing, folks. (laughs) Brilliant. Look at all those shadows. He volunteered to be a part of the Onisei 
442nd Regimental Combat Team. Not to get confused with the 441st Regimental <laughs> Combat Team. <laughs> yes. Which was not on the say. So he, <laughs> he, was in a, he was in a segregated combat team. He was with all uh, Japanese men. And why do you think that was? Do you want me to give you a history of the United States and being racist? Because it's, <laughs> it's a long, long history. <laughs> it's a long story. So Daniel was pretty successful right off the bat in his military career. He was promoted to sergeant within the very first year of his service. That's pretty cool. It's not bad. Not too shabby. Not bad. Everybody's looking for a promotion early on yeah. these days. He <laughs> actually got one. <laughs> a lot of people spent years in the military without being promoted to sergeant. He had some exceptional leadership skills that allowed him to be able to do that. Such as being so... Being a leader. <laughs> <laughs> being so hardcore. Yeah, his leadership <laughs> skills include leadership. <laughs> I'm sure this guy struck fear into everybody around him. Like. Including, but not limited to. No, he served in Italy, which we found interesting. We did? I didn't find it that interesting. <laughs> we found it interesting because... Warfront. <laughs> almost nothing happens in Italy. <laughs> what? Okay, now our Italian listeners, which we do have, are going to be pissed off at us. No, Italians do great things, great design, great food and wine. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> Culture and art and philosophy. Renaissance. Yeah. They peaked in high school. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of an inside joke, but two thousand years ago. <laughs> so after his service in Italy in nineteen forty four, before being transferred to he was transferred to France, which Home. we found interesting. Yeah, because France is the home of the baguettes. <laughs> Go baguettes. <laughs> Which, uh, and France is home to a lot of other things too, like baguettes. Like, again, like wine and renaissance and art. Like, much like Italy, but unlike Italy in that they speak French. <laughs> anyway. But they don't speak that much French because this is still World War II. And guess who has taken over France? Italy. The Germans. Oh, <laughs> oh you're close. Good job. Dang it. <laughs> uh, Annoy led a platoon of men to rescue the 141st Infantry Regiment that was surrounded by German forces. And during this battle, a German bullet struck him in the chest above his heart, but it was stopped by two silver dollars that he had placed in his chest pocket. After that, he carried them as a good luck charm for a short while, but somehow he ended up losing them, which, I mean, come on. Really, Danny? Maybe he spent them. I don't know. <laughs> come on, guy. You can't lose, you can't lose the chunks of metal that saved your life. The, from a chunk they of metal. honestly could be in a museum at this point. Well, if he didn't lose them, they probably would be. Or I don't yes. know, his, his family might have held on to him. I'd want them. Yeah, be pretty cool. <laughs> be worth a lot. Now, shortly after losing his good luck charms, uh, he led a devastating attack on April 21st, 1945. This assault was known as the Assault on Col Mustalo or something like that. Yeah, which, something like that. Which should just be called the Assault of Daniel 
ano ay <laughs> he basically soloed the germans <laughs> uh, he was leading a platoon of men forget captain america <laughs> We need more Daniel Noyes in the military. <laughs> Captain America is not in the military. He's fake. Oh, I didn't mean Don't to tell me that. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that, Skyler. For all of you listeners that didn't know, now you know Captain America well, is fake. I'll I'll go back and put Red in the Skull's spoiler. real though. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, Thanos is totally real though. <laughs> Anoy was leading a platoon of men that were advancing on a heavily defended ridge in Liguria, Italy, the last line of German defense in Italy. I thought he was transferred to France. Oh my gosh. This, was this guy's hardcore. He's a rebel. He left France <laughs> to go lead the attack in Italy. No, this was before because... No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no, no. It could have been that they were, had liberated France and they were advancing into Italy. I'm pretty sure this was within like a couple of weeks of the other assault led to free the 141st Infantry Regiment. Yeah, it didn't sound like it was too long after. Anyway, he's anyway, leading the assault on a heavily defended ridge with machine guns everywhere. Actually, I think there were three. Every, they were everywhere. Out. <laughs> they weren't everywhere. There were three. Well, when they're machine guns, they seem like they're everywhere. Yeah. They sure do. So there's three machine guns positioned along the ridge and Anoy is leading his infantry and they're trying to take out these machine guns so that they continued to lead the assault. These machine guns were taking out all of his men and finally he was like, you know what guys, like you stay here, you keep shooting, I'm going, I'm full sending, I'm going to take these guys out. Full send. I full love send. It. I love that we're able to sneak full send into our podcast. Yes. I, I got you. And when Anoy stood up, he was shot in the stomach by one of the machine guns, but he ignored the wound and proceeded to attack the machine gun nest. Medics were rushing up to him to assist him, but he refused treatment and continued to lead the troops. So he ends up taking out the machine gun nest, the first one. And gets his everybody to attack the second one and ends up collapsing from loss of blood. Uh, he ends up recovering, still refuses treatment, and goes on to attack a third machine gun nest. As Daniel is creeping up upon it, the German looks up and realizes that Daniel's coming. And so he quickly shoots his 30 millimeter rifle grenade from inside the bunker. And luckily for Daniel, it doesn't explode, but it shreds through his right arm and basically severs it off. Um, it nearly severs. So Anoy is in the midst of his assault and he has pulled a pin on a grenade in his right arm as he is struck by the German grenade, severing his arm. And this is why the nearly part is important because it didn't fully sever the nerves. And so his arm, his right hand that was clenching the grenade stayed clenched. And so his right hand, which is dangling away from his body, not really fully connected, but is still clenching it. And he's not even trying. And he tries to unclench. He can't. So he has to pry the grenade out of his 
other hand <laughs> using his, his left hand his men like see that he's severely injured and start rushing up to assist him and he's like no 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 like stay back because he's worried that his now useless arm will release this grenade and the grenade will be live so as he's trying to pry this grenade out of his hand the german is frantically trying to reload his gun and almost gets to where he can get a shot off before Daniel rips the grenade out of his hand and just chucks it into the bunker into this like narrow opening and blows it up (laughs) and like left-handed throws this thing in there and is able to destroy the nest and kill the defending German obviously he was ambidextrous that is no other answer (laughs) that is the most hardcore thing I think I've ever heard like that's like shot up twice that's like mel gibson meets michael bay meets sylvester stallone meets arnold schwarzenegger meets daniel annoy like that is just so i've never seen that in like it's insane how many times do you think this guy's life flashed before his eyes in the space of like 24 hours oh my gosh not even 24 hours like this is this is a single assault this (laughs) is this is not a long period of time. So anyway, after celebrating his sweet victory, he collapses. Not even celebrating. <laughs> like he continues fighting. I mean, but wait. Uh, let's see if I can get a like a sound clip of Billy Mays going, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Anoy continues fighting and kills at least one more German before receiving another wound he's shot in the leg and at this point the blood loss causes him to pass out and he begins rolling down the ridge and as he's awoken by his men surrounding him he orders them to get back to their position stating that nobody called off the war as you can imagine unless you live hardcore (laughs) dude this guy's awesome and to think that this guy was denied originally denied the opportunity to serve in the military. And he's like this awesome, hardcore, taking out Germans. Amazingly brave soldier. As you can imagine, this man received a bronze star, a purple heart, and later the Congressional Medal of Honor. The highest award given to military servicemen. But it wouldn't be until the 1990s that he would receive the Medal of Honor. He was awarded the Medal of Honor by President Bill Clinton. What was he doing in the 90s? Oh, we will tell you. Hayden (laughs) Hayden will tell you what he was doing in the 90s. So anyway, while he was injured and recovering, he had his arm amputated and was recovering in a hospital bed next to somebody that would later serve in the United States Congress. So while they're sitting in the hospital bed, they're talking about, you know, what they're going to do after the war is over once somebody finally calls it off. And one of his neighbors mentioned Congress, that he would serve in Congress. And so apparently Daniel thought that was a pretty good idea. And he beat the other guy to Congress, which I thought was funny. He beat him to Congress for like three years. And so he was the first Japanese American elected to the House in 1959 and the first Japanese American elected to the Senate in 1963. Why did he move from the House to the Senate? Better pay. Just kidding. There's only there's only 100 senators, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because he wanted to be the first Japanese American in the Senate as well. (laughs) 
oh yeah you gotta double down on that yeah he's like well i'm a a national war hero so i might as well be the first in the house and in the senate he should have ran for vice president and president at the same time (laughs) (laughs) he probably could have (laughs) daniel who are who are you proposing as your vice president myself me I can do everything myself. Don't you know about me? <laughs> <laughs> Have you not heard about my assault? Was he the first one-armed person to be elected to Congress? <laughs> that is Probably. a good question. So there's, a, there's, another, there's another check mark. There's another notch in the bedpost. That bedpost he's, is going to be chopped down so he's, fast. He's breaking records left and right. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, <laughs> as a member of the Senate in 2010, he was elected the president pro tempore. What does that mean, Skyler? Dun, 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 word of the uh, day. Of the day, elementary school word vocabulary time. Yes. Pro tempore. Okay, anyway, so the president pro tempore. What? <laughs> seriously how do you pronounce or something it? like it's, that it's tempore isn't it pro tempore <laughs> probably tempore because I that sounds tempore. more latin than tempore Temporary. it's a jamboree to be the tempore okay anyway Boom. so president pro tempore is the third officer of the presidential line of secession so okay. basically he was so, elected in if the vice president was ever not able to chair the Senate, he was able to step in and take over. And also if the president died and then if the vice president died, he would be the next in line. So he was the first. Can I challenge that? You can challenge that. I think it's the speaker of the house that is third in line. Yeah. Check that for me. Check it, Skyler. Check I'm it. checking. It said it in... Well, he also served in the House, too. Uh, he wasn't Speaker of the House, though. No. Yeah, so I forgot says, all this stuff from 10th grade. Dun-dun-dun. Senate.gov says, says, The importance of the post of presidential pro tempore can be seen by its placement in the presidential line of succession, according to the Presidential Secession Act of 1792. Should the offices of president and vice president both become vacant, the president pro tempore would have seceded to the presidency, followed by the speaker of the house. Bam, 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 bam. Bam, bam, bam. Challenge rejected. Hayden, you lost your final timeout. <laughs> <laughs> that's not right. That's how it works in football. Oh, that's totally not right. Are you sure? Oh, 1792. Weird. Okay. I mean, you have to look that up. You've been lied to in high school. I know you're. I hate my high school teachers. (laughs) I know you're really smart, but so is Senate.gov. United States Senate.gov. Yeah. You know, if I learned anything in high school, don't trust the government. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't trust the government. No, you learn that in college. You don't trust Wikipedia. Inouye continues to serve in politics in various fields and had not lost an election in 58 years. 
58 years. It's a long time. That's a long time. Without an arm. Without an arm. (laughs) (laughs) So my question, did he ever lose an election? He didn't make it in on his first attempt, did he? Ooh. Well, first. He hadn't lost an election in 58 years. I Google searched, and we all know that I'm good at Googling because I was wrong already once tonight. <laughs> Did Daniel <laughs> You've lost your chances, ever dude. lose an election? And it says, Inui lever- never lost an election in 58 years as an elected official. Boom. But, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Whatever. Cool. So, great man. People of Hawaii loved him. People liked him. Um, all the way up until his death in December of 2012. And then people stopped liking him. <laughs> people immediately stopped. I'm joking. No, they still loved him because they I'm named joking. They named the hospital that he went to after he was injured after him. And they also named the international airport in Hawaii after him. Nice. But before any of that happened, he was the first Asian American to be laid in state in the capital rotunda. And what that means is that is basically like a funeral um, and they just lay his body there and people are able to go visit and pay him respect. But only 30 feet, 30 people had done that before him. So it's pretty, pretty big honor to be able to have your body lay in state. I'm sorry. I should define that a little bit better. Lay in state means that your casket or body is laid in a capital, uh, not a capital, but a government building. Nice. Cool. Haunted. So now he haunts the Capitol Rotunda <laughs> in Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C. <laughs> Time for another episode of Ghost Hunters. <laughs> Honestly, like, that's pretty cool. The I just think it's interesting when we talked about Alexandre Dumas, he was, his remains were moved uh, because of, like, that similar issue where it's like they wanted to honor him by putting him to rest in like the most uh, with the most elite so i think that's pretty cool all right that's gonna do it for us today on our episode of daniel Inoy. we hope you enjoyed this story because we sure did and we had a lot of fun with this one and it was a really cool story but thank you for joining us this week skylar why don't you why don't you close us out here oh i would love to so just as Cromar said, that's our show. We hope you liked it. And if you didn't, we don't care. You should still subscribe to our that's podcast. Right. Um, we are available on Apple Podcast and Spotify. And we want your ratings. We want reviews. Um, five stars if possible. We would love that. You would love that. That would allow us <laughs> to give you more content. Um, that's right. Because now we know what the people want. But anyway, for more information, or if you want to keep in touch with us, follow our Insta at Finest Hours Podcast. And if you don't have social media and you want to keep in touch, you can send an email to us at finesthourspod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We want to hear what you guys, who you guys would like us to do next and talk about because there's a lot of interesting people out there and we want to share their stories. Yep. And we can't dig them all up. So we would love to hear who inspires you and who we should do an episode on in the near future.
And join us next episode to learn about how a British intelligence officer rescued POWs in World War II using Monopoly boards. Should be an interesting story. Not 007, but sounds very 007-y, doesn't it? Yes, yes it does. Never a doubt in my mind that that man was an intelligent. It should be a good episode next time, so be sure to tune in. Sayonara. Sayonara. Thank you.